The QPR podcast is in association with 101greatgoals.com. For post-match Premier League press conferences, FIFA 15 videos, freestyle clips and much more, subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash 101greatgoalsyt. QPR! Hello and welcome to another edition of the QPR podcast. We're a bit more chipper this week, I should say. A bit more happier, less depressed. This will not be a razor blade edition. This will be a cheeky, cheerful, wonderful, full of hope, full of optimism, um, and back to normality next week, I presume. Anyway, I'm Paul Finney. I'm joined by Clive Whitenham from Love for Words and sits near me in South Africa Road. Hello. I, how are you, Paul? Hello. Right. I was reading about your name the other day. It really <laughs> is, Dan, isn't it? They had a whole thing on, on names. Oh, Clive? Yeah. And I haven't introduced you yet. You're not here. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> and there's not a lot of you, is there? It was the least used baby name in the UK last year, I think, four. <laughs> anyway, you keep it going. Whenever you have children, make sure you keep that name going, Clive. Derek was uh, second least used. I was surprised. No festival called Derek, of course. It's a great name. I <laughs> actually started hit, well. I hate my name, Paul. I think it's ridiculous anyway. And of course, the one and only Mr. Mendes, who was working on the... Um, you've been working on the elections, haven't you? I was working on the uh, TV debate last week, yeah. Uh, Something look, a bit different. I've just noticed that our microphones are both matching our tops tonight. All of All three of us. It's beautiful, isn't beautiful, it? Beautiful, isn't it? It's the thing of beauty. <laughs> it, it, is, it is actually completely in sequence, isn't it? It's a bit scary. Although yeah. yours, yours like, now you what? Like we'll talk about. The, we're going to go into an interview with the one and only Clint Hill in a wee second, but we'll quickly talk about the last two games, which have been very, very, very different and exciting and wonderful for various different reasons. But we were obviously at Phil apart last night. But you watched it on a Portuguese stream, didn't you? Not on a stream on a Portuguese channel. So on TV, Benfica TV, they have all the rights to the Premier League games, and they were showing it last night. Oh, so if you would live this company, subscribe to it, you get it for for free then. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Crack on. And um, what? what how, how was it in Portuguese? It was. It was interesting. Yeah. For some reason, they refer to QPR as QPR. <laughs> I quite like that. Yeah. Is it? Why isn't it odd that everybody else in the world can watch our match live apart from the people in this country last night? I know. It's a that's what. That's what a six billion television deal gets you. <laughs> Absolutely <Yeah>. nothing. <laughs> the, yeah. The poor Murdoch. So and and what what a. How did you find it watching it on TV? Um, well, two completely different halves. In the first half, I had no, you know, I didn't expect us to get back into it at all. We needed to change things. Um, I thought we were actually a bit bit lucky to go in just one just one goal down at half time. Um, we were just so wide open, and going forward, I thought we missed Vargas. We didn't have any pace really out wide. Cranchar, um I know people have saying you know. He's, doesn't seem interested. I just think he was a bit a bit too slow. Um, he was obviously he lost the ball up, up near the top when uh, when they scored their second goal, and uh, surprised he didn't come off at half time. But second half, so much better. And Clive, let's, should we do Saturday as well? We we, we must talk about Saturday. Well, yeah, well, yeah, no, it's a shame. Get, on, on the Villa game, you get you. I think you called it dead right. I thought we were lucky to only be two one down at half time, and I think, I think you know we got the team selection wrong, and that's easy to say now. Um, the Crenshaw thing on the left. He, he, I mean, he's not a left winger. He's not particularly defensive, and they obviously they obviously picked on that. But if we want to be positive, he, he let them go out five minutes in the second half. Made you know whatever injury concerns they had, made sure that you know they were either coming off or staying on, and then made two changes that absolutely changed the game in our favour. And 
you know, Tim Sherwood talking about, oh, if it was a boxing match, it would have been off at half time and all of this. Maybe Tim Sherwood should have been more bothered about changing his team accordingly because he got absolutely outdone by Ramsey in the second half last night. Carl Henry was, he did two things when he came on. He stopped the second balls dropping um, on the edge of our box and he also stopped Sanchez picking the passes from the base of their midfield. Going to three centre-backs meant they weren't winning so many headers. I just, you know, you, you struggle to see two more game-changing, better substitutions like that right at the start of the half. And Villa weren't even slow to react to it. They just didn't react to it. And in the end, it was only because they had Ben Teke that we didn't win the game. Which was strange because I, I actually thought we completely overpowered them at times last night. You know, the only thing I felt, we're a wee bit weak get in the flanks. Well they, well, they kept coming down at us all the time, and that's. But it's just you know, you're going to get there. The home side is a big pitch. We're going to we're going to struggle a wee bit. But I actually felt that when they got that free kick, we all knew what was going to happen, didn't we? It was one of them, you just, you just yeah. knew that was going to go in. And Sherwood, after the game, was like, oh, you know, it was a one-sided game. We, we deserve to win. But he was relieved when that free kick went in because he, yeah, yeah. he knew he needed something like that. Because they made, I think I think Sherwood made a mess of that game for them last night. He was too busy berating the referee and thinking how great they were in the first half to react to what Ramsey had done. It took him half an hour to make a yeah. substitution after Ramsey's. Ramsey outdid him last night and Sherwood is lucky that he has a player like Benteke that got him out of jail there. His finish for the second goal, the second for the goal, was so cool. And the free kick was undefendable. I mean, you can talk about how we gave it away, Cork, because header wasn't particularly good and whatever, but it was too high for the wall to jump and too well placed for Green City. It was an undefendable free kick. Yeah. And Benteke was monstrous last night. Yeah. And um, I, I think someone, uh, Adrian Durham on TalkSport was saying, you know, the wall should have jumped. It would have prevented it. And Joe Bottom straight back just said, Rob Green tells us not to jump when it's that close. Um, even if they had, I don't know if it would have blocked it, but there's no way any keeper would have got to that. No, I, I, don't gonna... say, I don't think that even if the wall had jumped, it only would have, you know, flicked it on. It was it was such a well-placed free. It was an undefendable free. It was a two, he was he carried his team last night, Benteke. He's the reason that Villa haven't gone down previously and is maybe going to be the reason they don't go down again. He's a, just a fantastic player. So, you know, Sherwood can talk about how brilliant he is and, you know, all the wonderful things he does. But at the end of the day, the reason Villa if they do survive, is because they've got that guy up front because yeah. the rest of the team is bang average. What, what, what surprises me, well, that surprised me now, there was all this talk about whether we should get um, Sherwood or Ramsey at the time. I don't care, well, I do care, obviously, I want to stay up, but I think looking back on it, I, I don't think I would want Sherwood at the football club anyway. We wouldn't, have more, point, we wouldn't have more points no. now. He's him. not very, I don't like him, I'll be honest with you, I just don't like his, is that he's way too cocky for um, someone who's still trying to learn his trade and stuff like that there. And, I think we dodged the right bullet there, I tell you. I think Ramsey will get better, funny enough. And I think whatever happens this season, the, the club should hopefully stand by him in some way or another. Either, whatever happens, if we get relegated and they decide to replace him, that he stays at the club. Because last night he, he did come out on his own and he, he did prove himself a wee bit, I think. that, that Them substitutions were brilliant. And, as you say, Filler didn't know what to do. Ramsey's doing the best with what he was left, I think. Yeah. And I, I don't see that we'd be doing a great deal better if we'd if we'd appointed somebody else and to get you know as I've said before and it seems a strange thing to say and I felt it again last night watching Sherwood prance up and down the line running out of the technical area to intimidate the linesman running on the pitch at one stage to get the you know to get the ball back and whatever and people talk about oh it's great to see his passion and whatever I wouldn't want that guy representing our football club we've had enough jokers pretending to represent our football club yeah you know, I as think the manager I think it's more him just playing up to the cameras or just 
having to be centre of attention. It's all and about passion. him. It's yeah. all about him. But you know, I don't want to labour the point because you know we've had two fantastic performances in four days, so we should be talking about that. But I just wouldn't want him. Off. It's all about him. When it when he loses, it's his players' fault, and when he wins, it's all about him. I'm surprised he didn't take credit for Jesus' resurrection over the weekend. Well, I'm well. waiting to I'm waiting to hear yeah. about how he discovered Christian Benteke and made him the player he is today. <laughs> I don't think it'll be long before we we get that uh, get that story. I'd say what was funny as well, like um, our ex manager was on the radio um, over the weekend. I don't know if, it, if you heard it. Well, he was on BT Sport as well at the weekend, standing up and uh, you know without aid of uh, crutch or anything <laughs> just right, like, yeah. standing there for two hours um, you know, get that knee operation that he hasn't actually had has, has done wonders for him that's brilliant he was actually the woman actually the first question was you know how did your knee operation go yeah it went to boom I'm not going to try and do an accent because I can't um, <laughs> you were going to try that. I was I, I forgot I had a microphone near me um, and he was like I've been, I've been to Bournemouth I've, I've been to Dubai to play golf and Basically, I haven't had surgery. I completely and utterly made it up. And um, I was always, there was no problem with the knee. It might be slightly old age, probably. And I don't think there is a problem with it. And that's what's disappointing me how that whole thing was played out because it's, don't take fans from Mugs. That annoys me. Yeah. Again, though, two great performances that we didn't see coming. Great no? results. Four points, no. seven goals, which is one more goal than we scored in all of Harry Redknapp's away games this season in a weekend. Yeah. Um, just as we thought the coffin lid was nailed shut by Everton, we're we're sort of knocking on the door again. I think it's time we actually give Clint Hill a ring. What do you reckon? I I agree. Let's let's do this. Hi, Clint. How you doing? I'm very well. How yourself? Yeah, good. Thank you. Um, I just wonder, you when that um, when your goal that you scored against Bolton back in 2012, when that was uh, um, missed by the officials wrongly, did you? I mean, did you expect to? You mean Mister Magoo? <laughs> did you think that was your chance gone for scoring a Premier League goal? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it was, it was just the, the importance of the game uh, overall was was the main factor in, in, in my disappointment. You know, so we went on to lose two one, um, and maybe if that goal was uh, allowed, um, the, the whole game and the whole uh, situation of the season would have changed as well. I think going into the last game, we might have not needed that point or or that win that we did need if you know what I mean um, just by that goal being disallowed um, but yeah I mean I'm not getting younger I'm not spring chipping <laughs> anymore and obviously when we got relegated you, you do think will you ever get back into the Premier League and have another and have another go again so um, I'm just glad that it did come last night to be honest with you um, we've we've picked up seven points away from home after going so long without a single one what's um, what's changed um I really don't know. I mean, it wasn't for a lack of effort or trying, you know. It was just, I just don't know. I think we just probably just simplified our game since Chris has come in. Um, you know, he's not tried to bamboozle us with any kind of mad kind of formations or or tactics or, or any kind of style of play. You know, he, he basically just wants us to go out there and give it, give 100% um, and just show the desire that, that, that the fans and the club deserve, you know. And he believes that if we do do that... Um, then the quality we do have in the team will, will shine through, and and thankfully um, over the last few few away games that, that's come to a good fruition. Last night's game was pretty crazy. It must have been really entertaining for neutrals, but it was kind of unbearable in, in a certain way for QPR fans. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it must have been a typical QPR game, <laughs> to and throwing. What was the mood like in the dressing room afterwards? Was it more disappointment or? Yeah, yeah, 
it was actually it was it was disappointment. It was disappointment because um, obviously, kind of with the first half, we didn't really get into the game at all. Um, their kind of formation uh, kind of bamboozled us. I think they played a diamond and, and got the fullbacks bombing on, and we didn't kind of, we kind of stuck in between. Do we press? Do we hold? Um, and, and I think we got into half time and we had a really good chat with ourselves. You know, we we thought we didn't do ourselves justice. Um, and we don't want to go out with a whimper. Um, and thankfully, we came out second half. We we went to a back three, put an extra man in the field, which kind of neutralised them, um, and should have should have gone on to win the game. To be honest with you. Hello, um, sorry, Clint. Go, going back to um, Saturday's game, has um, a certain Mister Samora talked a wee bit about that? special goal on Saturday or has he just been said nothing he's been non-plus about it or has he actually bigged himself up big time well listen I, mean, I don't think he scored simple goals does he? <laughs> to be honest with you um, I think he'd love a few tappings right? but um, every kind of goal he seems to score is an absolute worldie um, I mean going back to the playoff final and then the goal at Sunderland uh, and then the goal at West Brom as well. I mean, he, he just seems to be a, a goal scorer of spectacular finishes. You could do a few. I could do with a few more of them, to be honest with you. But to be fair, though, I mean, I know we're all biased. Let's face it. But I still think it was the best goal of the weekend. I don't care what anyone says. It was for, for sheer <laughs> technique and and position and place and skill. It was by far the best goal. I mean, you, your man scoring against Emlod from sixty-five yards. Phew, Bobby could do that to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, obviously, I think Charlie Adams' goal kind of took the shine off Bobby's, but I think if you look at the, the way you spoke about it there, he's on the run as well. He's, he's, he's full pace. He's at the difficult angle, you know, and he's got a defender right on his back. Um, and to put it in the way he has with the outside of his left foot and uh, and the way it went in off the bar was, was a fantastic finish. So, yeah, he's got to be right up there. Clint, we asked for, for fans to, to tweet their questions in to us this afternoon. We we had this one from uh, Freddie M uh, on Twitter, who says, how does the, the dressing room now compare to roughly the, the four other sides you've you've been involved with here? Is there, He asks, is there the spirit to get out of this? And we, we you know we hear a, a lot about the, the, the team spirit and whatever from the club, but there's a sort of element of they've got to say that, haven't they, to it. But tell us, you know, you said they were disappointed last night, but what, what is the spirit in there at the moment? Uh, I mean, obviously, last time was, uh, it's been well documented, you know, and it wasn't a great place to be. Um, I don't think we, we got on at all uh, until as a team, as a unit. Um, I think a lot of people have got to take responsibility for that. Um, but, I mean, this time round, I think we, we've kind of kept the nucleus of, of a team that came up from the championship, which was battled really hard uh, to, to get up, um, and you know, once you go through that kind of emotion and and togetherness, then you know, I mean, that, that sticks with you for the next season. And there's a bond there, you know, and uh, we, we try to keep that. Um, and believe me, I mean, obviously, you read bits and bobs and papers and and what fans say and say that oh, I don't think they care and. I don't think they want it enough, but we do, you know. <laughs> we really do. We want to stay up. We don't want to go through the, the, the championship again. Um, and, you know, we are fighting for for every ball at the moment and, and hopefully we can, we can get out of the position we are at the moment. Uh, Kevin McSweeney also asks, given that you've seen so many things that, that have happened at the club, probably beaten only by Ali Fallin, probably, um, what's the what's the one thing that's left you gobsmacked or most uh, most surprised during your, your time at QPR? Uh, 
a QPR goal. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's been it's been an unbelievable journey. To be honest with you, it's, it's I think it's five years, and I mean, I've, I think I've had every emotion possible. To be honest with you, um, I mean, obviously it's a lot a lot of good and and a bit of bad, but um, it's, it's quite hard to. To, to put down to one thing, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but, I mean, obviously, the relegations here, I mean, they're, they're the ones that stand out, the, the relegations. And But um, I'd like to think we've had a, a lot of positives as well. I mean, the last day staying up at Man City was, was unbelievable. Um, and, obviously, the, the two promotions we've had as well um, have obviously given us something to smile about. Yeah, to get talk, talk to me, the the difference in attitude to the away games uh, now as opposed to the start of the season, it seems like we really just go and have a go away from home now. Is it is that a conscious difference that you feel from the start of the season? I mean, you mentioned that, you know, you're obviously, nobody can question that you're, you're trying or whatever, but it felt like maybe it came from the manager or whatever at the start of the season that we were maybe just treating the away games like, well, we don't have much of a chance here, whereas now we seem to really be going for it. And even if the result doesn't quite go our way, it feels a lot better. Is that, is that a fair comment? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, going back to the beginning of the season, we, we were kind of, we were kind of trying to stick to this kind of formation of 5-3-2. And, um, I, I don't think that, the, the lads or, or the staff really bought into that, you know, and um, it, it was quite a difficult formation to to nail down. Um, and I mean, some of the, the teams we did play early in the season away from home were, were top were top quality teams, you know. Um, and I just think just stripping it back and just going back to basics, and you know, just a, a straight four four two where most of us have, have played most of our careers. Um, and just going back to simple basic football, you know. Obviously, it might not be pretty at times, but it kind of lets everybody know where they are um, and what to do and what, what positions to be in. Um, and hopefully that just gives you the confidence like we did. I mean, you've got to get that first win. And as soon as that first win comes, then obviously you get a bit more confident on the road as well. So, um, yeah, I'm pleased that's picked up. We just need to sort our home form at the moment as well. That's another thing. Yeah, perfect time to do that against Chelsea. Um, Clint, yeah. um, Joe, <laughs> Joey and... Please don't spoil the podcast, <laughs> but you're not allowed. <laughs> Uh, Joey, Joey and Nedham have both come out um, in recent weeks and said that it's a minor miracle that we're still in with a chance of survival because of certain things that happened at the start of the season. Is that just down yeah. to the pre-season? Or? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that obviously um, happen behind, behind the scenes that, that people don't see and, and preparations and stuff like that. And um, I'll agree with what they say. I don't think it was the right kind of um, test that we needed throughout the preseason. Some of the games we played were, were very poor. No disrespect to the teams we played, um, and I don't think we worked in, in, in intensive, intensively enough uh, to, to prepare for a, for a Premier League season. Um, and you know, I mean, that that can that can take you into a poor start to the season, which we had. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, to be to be in with a shout now, after all the difficulties we've gone through. Um, yeah, it, it's credit to the boys, and and hopefully we dragged a few more teams into it last night with with the point and three points at West Brom, and, and just hopefully we can kick on now. 
Clint, uh, one more from uh, from the Twitter before he, before I leave it alone. Um, Roger Newman and uh, and Heshan and a couple of people have asked the the story goes around about the playoffs last year, both the semi final uh, against Wigan and the, uh, the final against Derby that you almost put your hand up to be substituted and sort of you almost made the substitution yourself from from being on the pitch. Do you want to sort of clear up once and for all who actually decided in the semi-final and the final that that it was that it was you going off and that was the change that was going to be made and how much influence did you have on that? Um, I mean, I, I, I'll stand up and say that I mean I did make that decision that I thought at the time and, and obviously being on the pitch and and the way the game was going, especially at Wigan at home, there was space to be um, to be attacked down the left side. Um, I don't think. Uh, Wigan were particularly, particularly strong down that side. I think McManaman wasn't tracking back, and it was just a little thing that I picked up during the game. And, and we had a chat at half time with the staff, um, and they said, "Right, we'll, we'll give it five ten minutes, see how it goes." And um, and it was still going the same way, and, and we just made that decision straight there and then. And, and um, thankfully, the rest is history. To be honest with you, uh, for the semi final, going to the final was um, obviously going down to ten men. It was difficult, um, and I think the, I think the staff were, were umming and ahhing who to take off. I mean, you, you can't take Charlie off because <laughs> he's our top goal scorer. You can't take Bobby off because he, he's the one who's going to hold the ball up for us. Um, and I just went over to them and said, "Listen, I mean, just stick arm on left back. Let's try and keep try and keep all the goal scorers on the pitch, really, um, and hopefully something might bounce for us off a, off a deflection or a corner or whatever, um, and we might nick a win." Um, so it was a, kind of a joint decision, and yeah, and thankfully that one's history as well. Now, to be honest with you, Clint, you're, you're, you're making a very early claim into a management. Uh, it, it's it, I'm not going to lie to you. It's something I want to do. Um, I mean, I'm I'm well ahead of what I want to be. I mean, I'm doing the A license now. That should be completed in a few weeks, and um, I study every time. You know, I, I love the game. I'm a student of the game. I always look at things. Or we study the, the, the managers that we come up against in the formations, and it's something that does interest me. And and who knows, one day that it, it might come, it might the management job might come somewhere. Hopefully. Well, I said on Twitter today that you should never be allowed to leave Queens Park Rangers. There's um there's certain people that come along to our club, and um they they they, they don't make any difference. You have made a hell of a difference to our football club, and I think you get it. I mean, I don't think I need to tell you as a QPR fan what Sunday means to us. And um, talking about Sunday, I mean, everyone's writ is off. Um, but you know what? I really fancy us. Am, am I am I deluded? Oh, yeah. Am I mad? Yeah. But I really do think we can turn them over. I, I, I fancy ourselves. I really do. I think with, with us getting four points from the six, you know, I think that's, that's made people stand up. Obviously, teams have got games in hand, but... Um, I mean, you'd rather have the points on the board than play extra games, to be honest with you. And um, I do fancy us. I think we've got that belief now. And I think we've got, hopefully, we've got Dunny coming back. And I think Leroy might be coming back as well. Uh, obviously, Young as well coming back from his concussion. So I think the team's is coming back and, and into fitness as well, which is good for us. And yeah, I, I just want the, obviously, Sunday's game, everybody expects Chelsea to win it and steamroll us. But I mean, we, we've, we were there a few years ago. And if we can just rectify that same kind of atmosphere and, and cauldron of, of, of fire and, and hate <laughs> to a certain degree. Absolutely. Fans give Chelsea fans. <laughs> 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 if, if we can just try and get anything near that, 
then you know what I mean. We, we, we'll be seeing what happened that day. We pulled off an absolute miracle, and I'm sure we can do it again with that same support. What, 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 what was it actually like? Are them? I know players say they treat every game the same, but are are them games different for the players? Is there much? Is there a much bigger edge to it? Is there? Is there anyone? Are you look at everyone saying, "Don't be friendly. Let's make this personal. Let's get out there and do it." Is it? Is it completely different? I think that that was obviously the first. Obviously, you have London derbies because you have so many clubs in London. But mm. um, I mean, that that game for me, um, I think I came back from from obviously being on loan at Forest and straight into it. I think as soon as that whistle went, you, you knew how much it meant to people. You know what I mean? You just couldn't help but but sense um, the passion and, and and the desire coming from the stands. Um, and as soon as you hear that as a player, you think, Jesus. This, this means a lot to people. You know, I mean, we better we better put this right in here. And um, and thankfully, that I think a few of them lost their heads as well. Chelsea fan, uh, Chelsea players. I don't think they expected that kind of noise and hatred, and I think it affected them as well. So hopefully, we, we can try and rectify something like that where it raises us and it and it affects them, and we just never know what might happen. Clint, I don't I don't want to put you on the on the spot or whatever, but get. Yeah, it'll be sorted out at the end of the season, and it might depend on what division we're in and things. But where do you see your yourself going forward? Because you're obviously not a, a London lad, um, but you seem to have really connected <laughs> with now. you seem to really have connected <laughs> with QPR since it, since yeah. you've got here, and you've spoken about your ambition to coach. And we actually now seem to be employing some coaches and and that mm. care about QPR and things like that. So do you, do you see yourself? going away and playing for a couple of years somewhere else and coming back or is it coaching from this summer or where do you go from here so oh man i really i really don't know it's it, i mean it's been like this for, for for a few years to be honest where they were obviously you get to a certain age and you you want to get year contracts which is fair enough and but it goes right the way through to june july where you really don't quite know where you're going to be and and what's going to be sorted out? And um, I really don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, like I have throughout the, my time here, I really don't know what's going to happen. I've made my feelings known that I'd, I'd love to stay here in some capacity. Um, if that's on the coaching side, then that would be a dream for me. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's up to the people in charge. You know, if they if they feel and believe in me that I can that I can bring something to the club, then then fantastic, and then that's what I want to do. Um, if they want to go a different way and a different route, then no problems at all. I mean, I'll shake everybody's hand and leave with my head held high. You know, it's been, it's been a fantastic five years, and uh, and wish the club well, and hopefully leave them in a better position than than when we first turned up here. Well, if we can bring any influence to bear, we go, we hope that you're not shaking anybody's hand and going anywhere in the summit. Do you look at? It's <laughs> not good anywhere you stand. You know, we know you. We know you're good friends with with Sean Derry, and obviously, yeah. I mean, he he said himself, he sort of let his heart rule his head in taking the Notts County job when he did, and I think personally, I think it's been very harshly done to at Notts County. Yeah. Do you look at that, and does it sort of affect your thinking? To, you know, about taking a manager's job too soon, or how you're going to progress your coaching career? Do you look yeah. at what's happened to him? I mean, I, I was to be fair. I was speaking to Desiree last week, went for dinner last week, and um, it was it was good for me uh, just to, to obviously feed off him and, and the trials and tribulations you've been through the last eighteen months. It, uh, it opens your eyes to, to actually what happens behind the scenes and, and the kind of firefighting that he had to do 
um, off the pitch, never mind trying to get his team organised. Um, it's it's a difficult job, it really is. Uh, and no matter what what league you're in or what status you are as a manager, I think you've got 10 games. If, if you don't win anything in 10 games or you're struggling for 10 games, then the likelihood is you're out of a job. Um, and that's how cutthroat it is at the moment. So it's a difficult decision, to be honest with you. I mean, you just sit back and, and, and take the coaching role and try and get a bit more security and, and learn your trade and, and work your way up the system and do it that way, or, or do you just jump straight in? I suppose it's just it, it comes down to what kind of job comes up and if it's the right kind of job with the right structure. Um, only time will tell. Only time will tell. Completely irrelevant because QPR is no way letting you go. You're here. You've come. You've got to stay, man. It's, it's a great club. It really is. And, 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 you know, I mean, they've been so good to me uh, on and off the pitch. You know, my son's a QPR fan now as well. I can't, oh, I can't dear. get a Liverpool top on him. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. There's no escape for there that. Is, there is a, I mean, <laughs> to be fair, I'm not a Londoner either, nor is Clive. So you, you don't have to be a Londoner again. But you do get QPR. And I think you're one of the, you know, I, I keep saying this, but it, it's so refreshing to see someone like yourself come into Rangers and get it, you know. I mean, I, we can tell that even yeah. last night when you when, when you um, scored that wonderful Ronaldo-like header, um, you know, <laughs> absolutely superb. How much it meant to you, and, and you know, we can't thank you enough for what you've done for QPR. People like you have made oh, such a no. difference, and um, we really do appreciate what you've done for our football club. And um, no, you really have. The, 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 the appreciations are mine. You know, it's, it's it was a uh, it was an honour to come here, and 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 God, the the, the things that. I've achieved there, uh, uh, unbelievable. Got to go right up there with with everything I've done in my career. You know, two two promotions and um, a couple of play of the years as well. It's been it's been it's been brilliant. And um, yeah, I just I just want this season to finish well and and for us to, to really focus and and push on. Hopefully next year, if we do survive, you know, that's a big that's a big thing now for me. And congratulations on your second. Premier League goal. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier on, if it hadn't been for Mr. Magoo and the double linesman. Um, oh, I can't believe it. That was shocking, though. I mean, that ball was so far over the line, it was practically in Manchester. I mean, <laughs> honest to God. But, it, was oh, it was unbelievable. It really was. I mean, it, uh, actually, I've said it before, I don't know how the keeper managed to, to get it out from how far back it was, you know. It was an outstanding <laughs> bit of goalkeeping, to be fair, but. Yeah, thankfully uh, they went down and, and we stayed up. Do, 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 do you think the refs actually know when they've made a clanger like that? Do you think? And um, you, you're kind of looking at them and you think, please change your mind because you're going to look so stupid on TV. I think, I think deep down we do. I do. I, I, I think we do. And um, obviously they, they can't change the goal situation, but they might give you the odd free kick here and there out of out of feeling bad for you or something like that. And um, but I do think they, they, they do feel they know when they've made a bad decision. Yeah, he, um, he, he certainly did a good job. He certainly didn't that day because we should have had a penalty and injury time as well. But yeah, the, what I wanted yeah. to get to ask you before before we let you go is uh, you played as a, as a young player uh, at Wembley for Tranmere in a in a mm. in a cup final and got yeah. sent off, and obviously in May. Bobby and and everybody else and the, and yourself meant that you could go back up the steps. Um, so I just yeah. I wonder how you, basically your whole career has taken place between those two events. So you know what was your what was your feeling 
first time around with a red card? Did you get, you obviously feel you're never going to go back there. And, and then how did it feel in May to actually get back there and do that? It was, I mean, going back my first time, I was a young lad and, um, I mean, I don't mind saying I was a, I was a loose cannon back in the day and I was, I was, I don't know why I was full of anger and just wanted to win everything and tackle everything and <laughs> for whatever reason, but, um, Managed to get the red card at Wembley, which absolutely devastating. You know, the whole family are there, and uh, you feel like you've let the whole club down. And I think the thing that hurt me most was you, you couldn't even walk up the steps because you, you were sat in the change rooms. You weren't allowed to uh, to get involved in that. Um, and it was a very dark time for me. You know, I, I kind of went, I went away for a week, really, really thinking about is, is this for me? You know, can I can I trust myself? in these kind of environments and situations. Uh, I don't want to let my people down again. And, um, yeah, I really did think about quitting, to be honest with you. Um, but, uh, yeah, thankfully, the, the family stuck by me and, and John Aldridge as well, the manager, was, was fantastic for me. You know, he, he understood uh, what kind of character I was and he stood by me and gave me, gave me more chances than probably people should have done, to be honest. Um, and then going to, going to Wembley for the second time was... was I, I was very, very nervous, you know, and because it was, I didn't really enjoy the game because I just felt the the, the weight of, of the shoulders of, of the whole club and and what it meant to people and um, and what might happen if you don't go up. You know, there's all these little things that go through your head, and you just want to win no matter how and how ugly it is. You just want to win somehow, and, and, and thankfully we did do it. And to get the chance to walk up them steps and lift the trophy at Wembley just kind of put all the demons to rest for me you know and, and seeing my dad there as well uh, was, was a very proud moment for me getting kind of emotional now thinking about it <laughs> it was one of them days that was quite emotional afterwards as well I can tell you that was more to do with cider I believe um <laughs> Clint, I will let you have your evening back and thank you so much. It's one of the best interviews we've ever done on this podcast and I mean that honestly and I'll tell you what. Oh no, thank you. And if, if QPR will never let you go, the fans will never let you go. You're here for life, pal. And, um, oh, no, I appreciate that. And on, on Sunday, all I ask is that, and I know you will, you guys will give it your all. That's all we can ask. We're not expected to win, but if we do... <laughs> You'll never be oh. wanting for a paint and shepherd's bush ever again. <laughs> I can freaking tell you, you know. Oh, it'll be a great few days if we do do it. Believe me. Oh man, I've gone missing for another few days. <laughs> I'm coming with you. I tell you. But listen, yeah, that's no problem. Good man. No listen, problem. thanks very much, big man, and, and good luck Sunday. Wishing you everything, you. all the best, and uh, enjoy the game. And thanks, and, thanks, and thanks for all you've done again. We do appreciate it. Good luck, Clint. No, Cheers, no, Clint. Thank you very much, man. Much appreciated, and uh, thanks for letting me come on. And and uh, good luck to yourselves, and speak to you soon. Good man. See you soon, fella. Cheers, Cheers mate. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right. Everyone Jeez. on the podcast, you've heard it here first. If we beat Chelsea, me, Chris and Clive and Gabe are on the with him. Clint Hill. Oh, I can't say that. Oh, oh no. I can't, I can't swear. Gabe, cut that out. Okay, brilliant. But that, that, I, oh, hers and back of the next stuff, that interview. Anyone that doesn't get any of that interview, you should listen to the radio or podcast. That was brilliant. That was just super. What a man. You what just an absolute legend. Just, you just hope, and the, the way the club has moved and has been talking of late, it should happen. You just hope that you've got to keep people like that around because what it'll do, 
you know, when you've got sort of 13, 14, 15, 16 year olds coming up through the junior setup, they, you know, they're not all going to be QPR fans. They, no. You know, we're going to be picking them from here, there and everywhere. They're going to be Liverpool fans. They're going to be Chelsea fans, you know, however much you hate it. They're going to be Man United fans, whatever. They're not going to be QPR fans. But what, having people like that around, you know, when teenagers are being teenagers, having people like that around, it's just... yeah. He's been through you know, so much. This, respect, the cl- respect this club. Yeah. And he has got so much respect for, for QPR. Having come as a complete outsider on a one-year contract with a, with a dodgy ankle that sort of meant that he was never going to go beyond that one year. He was brought in for one year by Neil Warner. That's five years ago. We've had two promotions. He's done three years in the Premier League. He keeps playing left-back, even though four years ago he said, I can't play left-back <laughs> anymore. You get the the guy's an absolute hero. You couldn't you can't say a word against him. That was it was amazing to hear him actually. He will never leave the club ever because he's the sort of person this club Nick as you just said it better than I did actually. But he, he would hold a room brilliantly with youngsters because his experience at Wembley the first time I had issues I thought about quitting but you know what I stuck with it. And and like what he, what he said about when he was at Wembley <clears throat> and you you probably will get a lot of char- lot of people with similar sort of characters at that age and he can obviously guide them on on the experiences that he's had not only just um about the club and how important it is but also just kind of like knowing how to deal with those sort of players there must be a role for him at the club like that no they will do they can't they won't because it'd be mad because people like him don't come along very often football and that's a fact no you 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 need people like that get both in your in your first team but also at your at your club afterwards The, the the weird thing is he was here for one of our Famous nights on the other team, which a lot of people forget—the playoff semi-final against Oldham. He was playing. Oh, of course, he was playing for Oldham. Him and Fitz. Him and Fitz Hall. Yeah, of Two, course. Yeah, it's a it's a weird thing. I was gonna, like I was going to ask him, but we obviously went off on different tangents and whatever. But. Typical. <laughs> well, Typical. we're getting back. We're getting back. Yeah. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what? Look, I was. I forgot. But I was so focused on giving abuse to Andrews that night. I forgot he was playing. <laughs> <laughs> terrible no, whatever well, well, whatever became of Wayne Andrews not much apparently he was a QPR fan as a uh, legend in his own lunchtime <laughs> no, we've, we've really I mean we're coming to the end of the show and I, I know Mr Fraser will be watching this with his, his, his egg timer on, a, on his commute because apparently we're just for a commute show should we just carry I think we just carry yeah, on just carry on and ignore him he, he can, he'll fool <laughs> me tomorrow I'll, I'll pretend I'm shopping or something Sunday we've got to talk about it Clive not there I'm oh, not there. Babe, sorry. I'm not there. I'm not there. It's my one one of the year that I'm always away with work and it's Chelsea at home and a couple of like I I had my villa ticket last night, but I hadn't booked a train or anything. I wasn't gonna go. Um after the Everton say I really thought we'd beat Everton. I still fancied us to get those five wins. I thought Everton would be one of them and we lost to Everton. And I, you know, I've, I lost a little bit of faith and whatever. I was going to Birmingham for the weekend anyway, so went to the West Brom game, which we haven't gone into in a lot of detail, but what a first half oh. at West Brom. What a first half. What a fantastic performance. Ridiculously brilliant. And again, we talked about Tim Sherwood earlier potentially being our manager, but a lot of people wanted Tony Pulis. And again, Ramsey completely outdid him in the first half, and Pulis' response to that, was to put three of the biggest blokes he could find and lump the ball up to them for the second half. So, you know, be careful what you wish for, kids, I think. But wasn't going to go to to Villa, but after Saturday, booked my train tickets and went up there. And I really wish I was there on Sunday because I fancy us as well. And it's the hope that kills you, isn't it? But I really... If we can 
I'll take. If you. we cannot concede early, if the atmosphere that's so important, yeah. Don't concede early if the atmosphere is up, and I'm really disappointed it's not Saturday at five thirty because I think we could it would have been properly raucous then. Well, that's what it was when we beat them one 0 wasn't it? Exactly. Uh, it was, was four it? o'clock Sunday. Four o'clock Sunday. That's but the right, later yeah. it is, yeah. the better the atmosphere is. I just, I really hope we Basically don't get drunk early. Yeah, everybody gets to the pubs at early. Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> but as long as the atmosphere's up and we don't concede early, the longer we hang in the game, you know, we've, we've got a chance. It's just nice to see us having a go at games, I think. Having a go to win rather than just hanging in there because we're little old QPR and we're newly promoted and that's what you do. As you well know, I'm quite a sad soul in many ways. But I was watching the YouTube clip of when you what youtube sorry i, I don't know what i said there come on we've all had a drink my, my verbal dyslexia we've all had a drink calm down um and when they came back the first time that was in their face wasn't it? i mean that got them from the coach that really did and it, i'm not suggesting anyone does anything like that but you really should um and just make it hell i mean clint said himself we can create our own hell for them they didn't like taking the last time they didn't, they didn't like taking corners they didn't take any throw-ins everything just get in their face legally and, and and just really let them know that this is a derby because no one ever talks about it as a proper derby even in the radio it's a london derby i mean jimmy redknapp famously didn't even realize it was a west london derby well again that just says more about jamie redknapp than anything don't else. throw anything at them no no coins yeah no I of mean, course get... not no that, that's 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 stepping over the mark of course it is. We're not inciting a riot here. Oh, absolutely not. Not on my accent. <laughs> um, no, I, I would never suggest such a thing as it's a waste of money. And they don't need it, frankly. The thing about that first game was the element of surprise. They genuinely didn't get it. I remember the match preview. They got it afterwards. <laughs> I, I, remember, I remember the match preview on the Chelsea official website, which I thought was one of the most unprofessional things I've ever read from a, a, an actual official website was talking about, well, we're sure that the QPR fans will, you know, act up and whatever, but the Chelsea players are experienced European footballers uh, who have played in some of the most intimidating venues in Europe, in some of the biggest matches in Europe, and will not be, you know, thrown off their path by 15,000 QPR fans in what is essentially, quote, a battle between second and 16th in the league. Well, they were, Ooh. because they had two men sent off before half-time. We had that whole thing where Wenmaster didn't want to come over and take the corner. That was and, you know, without going over the... Without Andrews. going over the line, because, you know, we've seen that... I've seen that at Palace just lately, and, you know, without going over the line, we have to make it a proper cauldron on Absolutely. Sunday. yeah. Legally, of course. Absolutely, yeah. But you know what? You, that, that that sums in a bunch of shysters up, doesn't it? Sense well, it was obviously written. It was obviously written by somebody who had no knowledge of Chelsea pre two thousand and one, which is ninety five percent of the people involved. The, the, at Chelsea. They, if Chelsea play how they did in the home game, I think we'll beat them. Do you know what annoyed me is the, the time we played them in the FA Cup after many years, it's going back from there, the swamp, um, as I call it, and one of the kids to his dad goes, "Where is Queens Park Rangers anyway, father?" You know, it was one of them things, and he was like, "God, it's it's over." It's it's somewhere. That FA Cup game was a massive anticlimax, though. Are we talking about the one we lost one nil at home after we did? Because the element of surprise had gone. Yeah, we need to, we need to really lay into them this way because they're so far ahead. They've shown recently they are quite complacent. They gave up points at home to Burnley and things like that. You know, they're so far ahead. You know, we we might be able to catch them if we if we're really on our game and the whole yeah. crowd is behind us. They can we afford, might be able to catch them. They can afford to lose a game, and you know it would be better if the game was later. But 
you know, it's the first game on Sunday, Man United and Man City are playing after them. So they won't have that boost of knowing that result and knowing what, you know, that kind of thing. So maybe that would play into our hands as well. The thing is, what what the club should do is, you know, like when you, they show the game live and there's a con- something happens and they can't show it live, whatever, they don't show a replay. Just show goals against Chelsea through the years, the 6-0, just throw it in there every, 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 every so often, just throw like Kevin Gallon's header in or whatever, just keep, keep throwing goals in. As a, as a side tangent, last, last night at Villa, I don't know if you noticed, the uh, first Benteke goal, the equaliser. Oh, yeah. Which I haven't seen since, but looked su- suspiciously offside. Uh, and the, the linesman on our side ran the line all night like he'd been hit over the head before he went out there and wasn't quite sure who he was. Looked suspiciously offside. They put the replay up on the big screen of the goal, and as the ball was played, realised... Whoops. He looks a bit offside. <laughs> Cut the replay out and put sort of tweets of Villa fans up and then re- re-entered the replay as he was scoring the goals. So that's the only sight I've had it. But he looked offside at the time and he, I think it was bloody It was a bit lucky as well because it deflected, didn't it? I, I had a terrible experience. I'd like to thank the person that picked me off the floor as I fell over all the stairs and the way I... I, got, I, 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 I try... Uh, I'm getting to the age now where you just... Should have sent us a postcard. You start getting embarrassed, I know. Um, I was walking down and this this old fella, whatever, was going one way, then he went the other way. So trying to avoid him, I then went on my arse and went flying down the stairs and, and oh, I was so embarrassed. It's one of them horrible moments where you just think, oh, and this young person was like, are you all right? And I thought, oh, God. Anyway... Great atmosphere. Our fans. It got me last night with the Villa fans. They they didn't give us a down below bit, and they're going empty seats and all this monarchy. You know, empty ground. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there were there were there were enough uh, empty seats in the main stand for them to be, to be uh, to be to be quite arrogant as well, aren't they? To be fair to Aston Villa fans, I, I always walk up to that ground. You know, you come from the station past the Holt end and you look at it and you think, how on earth is this club in this yeah, state? If you, I mean, it's hard enough for us thinking, how on earth are we in this state? But you look at Villa. No, we're QPR, we used to. You know, with the, the history they've got and the, the trophies they've won in the past and whatever, you you must walk up. It's a, it's it's a brilliant it, stadium. It's yeah. one of my favourite stadiums. I mean, I hate the new grounds anyway, so it's always going to be one of my favourite stadiums. But, and you know, the support they get is actually pretty good, although the... the Pillocks off to the right of the away end. You know they could uh, just could need, do without. We could do without that. Just needed Damien Stewart this time round. <laughs> right, we've come to the RZ of the show, and um, who wants to go first, um, Mr. Mendes, Clive? And I'll go for I'll, three quick ones. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> steady. It's a family show. Come on. Bit dis- a negative. Bit disappointed with what what happened with the tickets last night. I felt okay. they, I felt the club got caught on the hop a little bit as we you know nobody could have expected us to go to win to West go to West Brom win four one. No. However, it is the box office's job to anticipate that the ridiculous may happen and suddenly lots of people might want to go to Aston Villa. So I thought to put out a message that the tickets were all off sale, but they would be on sale on the night. And then at no notice at all, put them on sale on Tuesday morning. And then people that rang up and ended up with Ticketmaster were told there are no tickets left but there will be tickets on sale on the night. So lots of people, including my brother, set off to Birmingham to buy on the night, only to be told, oh, they're all sold out and not buying. Without going on and on and on and on about it, it was a bit of a shambles. I agree. And normally the box office are actually quite good. The box office are absolutely brilliant, uh, but they did make a mess of that. Uh, And therefore, thank you to Ian Gilson, who got in touch and gave my brother his uh, spare ticket. 
He couldn't attend, so my brother went and picked his tickets up. So, oh, well done. Thank you, Ian. Good On his brother's behalf, sorry. Yes, well, but thank you to QPR fans. You know, you put that appeal out and we get, we're a good bunch, really. That was splendid. Second positive uh, interview will maybe be played on the podcast at a future note with Darnell Furlong and maybe Reese Grego Cox as well. Uh, but went and did interviews with the youth players last week and what a seriously lovely nice bunch of kids and really intelligent as well spoke really well and represented our club brilliantly so thank you to qpr for setting it up and like just congratulations to the to the kids for being that uh that brilliant i heard a story about darnell furlong while i was there about the tournament that we won in new york when we beat inter milan and liverpool and things like that they told a story about Darn- as you do, as, as we you know as QPR parents do. They told a story about Darnell Furlong um, in the uh, the dinner before the tournament when all the teams were there. Uh, each captain had to stand up and give a speech, and apparently, not only did Furlong stand up and give the the QPR speech, he then insisted that the team went round all the other teams there, like the Liverpool, Inter Milan, and shook their hands and introduced themselves. Flip a neck before wiping the floor with them and coming home with the trophy and. That's if ever classic. there was an old head on young so- shoulders, like I spent 20, 25 minutes with Darnell Furlong last week, it is him. I was, he's got a massive future at this club, in my opinion. I can't remember what my third point was. I'll pass. <laughs> no, um, before you go, um, can we stay up? Oh, God, let's just stop with this. No, I said no after Everton, and now I'm yes again. But uh, so go, go, who knows? Go, you know. See, well, I say, I said, you know, we'll beat Everton, West Ham, Newcastle, and we might beat Leicester, and we might have to find an away win somewhere else. And we lost to Everton, and then found four points from two games, and didn't think we get. I don't know. I mean, like, I'm just idiot, aren't I? I think another nine points might do it. Really? That okay? Take five, stay up. Um, What's your R's end? My R's end is because uh, that was supposed to be the, the question I asked you yeah. at the end, but you've answered <laughs> anyway. Oh, well. my R's end is just reserved for Matty Phillips because I, I don't think we've spoken about him much, and I think he's been brilliant for us. Uh, recently he's got seven assists in 2015 second only to Messi in Europe um, and he's just been crucial I think without him we would be down already and uh, he's uh, he should be in a Scotland squad fantastic shout he was second half last night he was a massive part of it he just had Richardson on toast all night he got, he got two assists and a goal last night yeah yeah. but also what he, he, he seems to find a new belief in himself well, you know that when he's going to that byline, something's going to happen. And then he did one move last night where he cut in and your man was just mugged on the floor, just lying there. And he just went, absolutely superb yeah. display. Similar sort of thing for our third goal we did. Yeah. Isn't it wonderful when you play players in their correct position? It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like some weird witchcraft. <laughs> it, no, carry on. That was my eyes end of the show. I, also, you know, I, do, I think we've got a decent chance of staying up, you know, not more than 50%. But I think we've, we can beat Newcastle at home, worst team in the league at the moment. Um, we've got a chance of beating West Ham at home. And West Ham seem to have the queue on the rack to me. They yeah. know that Allardyce is going at the end of the season. They know they've got nothing to play for. That's a, that's a big one. They're, yeah. on the, they're on the plane, they're on the beach, they're away, aren't they? And the other thing, it, the, the thing that I did notice in the away end last night is, isn't it just much more positive, even when things aren't going well? At half-time, we were 2-1 down, not playing well. Isn't it just much more positive in the away and now we're having a go at games? The change in manager, even if it doesn't keep us up, seems to have... R- sort of brought the club and the players and the fans and everything back together. There isn't that aggression and horror. I mean, I don't know where you were sitting, like what your experience is, but no, both yeah. on Saturday and last night, everybody just seems to be happy that we're having a go. The, the two games I would, I would go back to would be um, Stoke 
and last night you can put a difference and chalk and cheese really yeah absolutely but I think that's because you see effort you resp- people people always blame supporters don't they we always get the blame you know clubs will always say it was the fans you know the, 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 this or that the other blah blah we're trying we know that but all we ask is a wee bit of effort and I think we've got brilliant fans and the fans our fans always get some people in, on Twitter enjoy hammering our own fans which I find ridiculous I think our fans are class just we don't demand much we just want a wee bit of effort no. we've, we've had that in, in a bundles the last two games and um um, before I do my hours in, well, actually, I'll do my hours in the show. Remy, the elephant—he's going to start the yeah. elephant in the room that you can't. No one really talks about. I don't believe that. I mean, I hate Redknapp for saying what he said because I think it, it, he didn't see him go in and he planned the whole. That's absolute rubbish. He didn't, of course, he didn't. He, he's playing for them, but he, I don't think he was really ever part of us. I barely even see Remy as a, a former QPR. Like I, you know, I often forget that he played it, and he played actually the season we got relegated. He played very well and scored some some he excellent did. goals. He did. He get, I think he was just in, insignificant, really, wasn't he? Um, he didn't. He he was brought in to score the goals to keep us up. He scored as many goals as he could, barring one, two penalty misses, one penalty miss at Fulham, but and he, we didn't stay up, and and he left and. I don't see. I don't see it any more than the, more than that. Really, I mean, Redknapp. I think that whole oh, if he was going to go, he would have told us because he's a lovely fellow, a terrific fellow, and all of that. I just think that was Redknapp getting his uh, ducks in a line. You know, if he needs to make an excuse about why we're not scoring goals, he'll just say, "Well, we thought Remy was going to stay." Like at the start of the previous season in the Championship, for a few months, he was talking about, "Well, I wanted to sign Gary Hooper." And the, you know, and then Austin started scoring, and we forgot all about Gary. Who I just think that was him getting his ducks in a line. Yeah. I mean, I just want all the Chelsea players to get a hard time at the weekend. I think Tony Fernandez should invite Remy round for for dinner Saturday, play some FIFA, slip some lactic <laughs> in his trip. <laughs> Another game of FIFA. To be honest, I I think there's a there's a there's a bigger villain in their side that I I will certainly be focusing my attention on. And um, Remy's just a he's he's a, he's a subplot in the whole thing, really. If you ask me, I think my focus is certainly going to be at the. Um, the um the racist yes that's the word, the word you were desperately searching i, I was trying uh, you know def, it was definition wasn't it of, of racist but yeah the the, the 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 captain leader racist they've got at the back as they call him and um i i hope he gets a lovely reception on sunday as we keep stressing everything legal but for god's sake we have got to play our part on sunday without without us giving it to them and making it special and making it a golden we haven't got a hope we've got to just give it to them and god knows we're due one result of the season, and I think Sunday's going to be it. And I tell you what, I'm so proud of our fans for the last two away games, West Brom and Aston Villa. If we can bring that to a home game, Loftus Road will be the best stadium ever. And that's where we're going to end the show. Thanks again for joining us. Everyone, please turn up Sunday and give them hell. That's all we ask. You ours. Come you on. Ours. You ours. You be You be QPR Podcast is a West 12 Media and Burble Media production.